Welcome to an episode of the Look It's Rock and Roll podcast. We are back, and we're not talking about Wasp today. We are instead going to be opening up a diary and seeing what the madman... Where is it? Where is it? Come on. Here, here it is. There you go. Here, there it is. Now we all have it out there. Yeah, so we've decided that it's overdue talking about Ozzy Osbourne, and... Who picked this, Ken? I did actually. Nice. Why do you? Why? <laughs> well, I, you know, I remembered it, and I, I actually restocked my, my a vinyl uh, of a new, you know, vinyl pressing of it, uh, and I thought, you know, man, this album's a really good album. So I thought, you know, I'll suggest it. Go ahead and suggest it. So that's it. So as everyone out there will know, Diary of a Madman was Ozzy Osbourne's second post-Sabbath solo album released, when was it? Uh, November 1981, recorded earlier in the year with the same cast of characters as the debut, I believe, uh, Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake on drums and writing much of the album itself as well. So the pictures of whomever is on the back or in the packaging, I think Rudy Sarzo and uh, Tommy Aldridge by that time were not on the album, nor was the credited keyboard player. This one does not sell as many as The Blizzard of Oz, but it's also clear that Ozzy Osbourne is a solo act and not a Blizzard of Oz, a band at this time. The two common denominators remain uh, in, in, in focus and in press. Randy Rhodes on guitar and Ozzy, of course, on lead vocals. Let's go around the table about your history with Ozzy Osbourne as a solo act versus Black Sabbath. Leave that out of the equation. What was your first solo album by Ozzy, and what is your favorite solo album by Ozzy? Lonnie. Um, well, my introduction to Ozzy came with um, No Rest for the Wicked. My brother bought that in, I guess it was around 88 when that came out, 89, something like that. So I'm about mm, fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade, something like that. My brother's four years older than me. Um, he had it, you know, and, you know, as a younger brother, you always like what your older brother likes because you want to be like him. He's like, you're, it was like my idol growing up. And so like, so I got, that was my introduction to Ozzy was no rest for the wicked. And then he bought diary. I don't know. I'd say not long thereafter. Um, so that was my introduction. And we, we were really into Ozzy. And he was really into Ozzy as a solo artist, at least at that stage. And before we were, like he went and bought the back Black Sabbath catalog. Um, it was always Ozzy as a solo artist. He, he loved Ozzy. Um, even though Ozzy's obviously the singer of Sabbath, but he, he was, he, the first things he bought were, he got really into Ozzy. Ozzy, Ozzy is his kiss for, for him. Um, he bought all that Ozzy stuff. So I, I know this Ozzy stuff backwards and forward because I heard it in the next room growing up. So I've, I've been familiar with Diary then since, <laughs> I don't know, since I was 10, 11 years old, probably the latest. Favorite album? Fa- oh, favorite album? Sorry, not paying attention. I'm just, ram- just rambling. Uh, <laughs> favorite album is No More Tears. 
Nice. Welcome to my world, rambling. <laughs> yeah, so for me, I first encountered Ozzy. My cool aunt used to send cassettes out to us in America, from England, of course. And one year, one of the batches that showed up, I think was Led Zeppelin Four, and Bark at the Moon. That might have been the year that uh, If You Want Blood, You Got It. So that, that she served as an introduction to a lot of music, whether we were back home in England visiting her or when we were growing up. So Bark at the Moon was my entry point, but that also came around the time that I was getting into hard rock. Um, and, and that one, you know, it was like, wow, it's a really good album, very strong, you know, in terms of its music and uh, musical performance. So it's not my favorite. My favorite Aussie album by far is The Ultimate Sin especially the ultimate Aussie versions of quite a few of those songs, because live they sound far better than they do on album. But I just like the stories in the kind of the lyrics of that one much more than anything. So when I started going back and exploring the Aussie catalog, I eventually got to these, and there's no denying that the first two albums are sublime. They almost don't deserve to be counted in the rest of his discography because they're at the whole next level. So, Mark, what about you? Your introduction to Aussie and your favorite? Um, funny, the introduction for me. I know everyone's going to say, oh, it's going to be the sister again. Actually, it wasn't the sister. This time it was uh, in the in the apartment building where we lived back in the day there. There was a guy in our building who had this really cool cutoff jean jacket. And he was like an artist guy, painter. And on the back of his jacket, instead of a patch, he painted Ozzy holding this cross and with one hand and in the other hand holding this cutoff head with blood dripping out of the neck. And... I remember seeing this guy in the elevator all the time with this, and it just said Aussie on the back of his jacket. And I was like, holy shit, what the hell is that? You know, you know, young kid, I didn't know what the hell this was. And then, you know, years later, uh, funny enough, I heard Crazy Train on our local radio station quite a lot. They played it quite a bit here, surprisingly, uh, back in the day. And when I went to high school, one of the first bands I ever put together, the guy I met who ended up being the singer in the band, he went to me one time and he goes, hey, I heard that you know how to play Crazy Train on guitar. Show me. And I had we were doing classical guitar at the time, so I just had like a little nylon string, and I just showed him basically some of the riffs. And he's like, cool, we should come and jam. And so we, we made a band and blah, 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 blah. Right? But uh, these albums, like the first two Aussie albums, made a huge impact on me. Randy Rhodes was a very big influence on me early on in my guitar playing. I mean, everything about him I thought was cool. I loved the, the long hair, the Les Paul... You know, the polka dot outfit I thought was kind of cool. And, you know, that picture that, that I showed even before here, I think it was, yeah, this one here, that was in the tribute of Ozzy holding Randy up there in the air. I always thought that was an awesome shot of him. And, uh, you know, when I got tribute from my sister for Christmas, that uh, you didn't see me come out of that bedroom for months. I was like, that album was like in my brain playing forever and ever and i learned every single note of it but the funny thing is my favorite aussie album is neither one of these two my favorite aussie album is the same as julian's the ultimate sin i've always thought ultimate sin is by far the the benchmark aussie album and i think i owe it i think it's owed all to jakey lee his guitar playing on that album is unbelievable most underrated guitar playing on a record I've ever heard in my life. I mean, his solos in some of these songs, his rhythm guitar playing, fantastic. So that's, that's my favorite record. 
You're all right, Mark. I like you. Ken, what, <laughs> what about you? You know, was your entry point a bit ahead of ours with you seem to be ahead of us on most things in music? Yeah. Um, I remember hearing uh, Crazy Train on the radio. Um, yeah, I don't know I was, what I was doing, but I, I remember hearing it and I was like, oh, man, this is this is pretty good, you know. And I wasn't into uh, Black Sabbath. I didn't even have any Black Sabbath albums at that time. Um, you know, I was listening to some other stuff, you know, Kiss and other stuff. But uh, so I didn't realize so much that Ozzy was, you know, the former lead singer of Black Sabbath and so on. Um, but uh, I like that album or that song so much that I thought, oh, man, it's probably, you know, pretty good one to pick up. So I went and, you know, picked it up shortly thereafter. Um, and then, you know, the the next album, um, you know, I heard some of that and I, and I picked that one up, as you know, the, which, which is the one we're talking about today, you know, Diary of a Madman. So, um, yeah, that was really my starting point. Um, you know, that's when I first learned of Ozzy, and then and then I started finding out, you know, oh, oh, okay, he was, he's the guy saying Iron Man and all this other stuff, right? So uh, that that was my starting point. Um, but as for a favorite album, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it is this album, Diary of a Madman. Um, I, I really like this. I think it's just a solid, solid album, well produced, and uh, a lot of a lot of <clears throat> cool stuff on it. Yeah, More so my alley. It, it is fantastically produced. And for you, I guess, if you were getting into Kiss in 77, 77 wouldn't have been a good year to be getting into Sabbath, would it? Uh, if you think I don't of, think so. No. <laughs> what, what came out around that time, though Johnny Blade is cool. All right, let's get it straight into the song rankings on this one because we don't need to dig as much into the history of Ozzy Osbourne as anything. So as always, each member of the panel provided a ranking of the album from favorite to least favorite song. That doesn't mean that the least favorite song is crap or hated or derided. It's just something that is personally preferred over the other. We add this all up and put it through the Excel spreadsheet and come out with a ranking. So, drum roll in eighth place with a grand total of seven points. Um, yeah, th this ranking essentially has three sections, guys. Uh, the bottom two, the top two, and the rest. But, again, the album is fantastic from start to finish, essentially. So, getting back to our least favorite is Tonight. Lonnie, Tonight. It's not one of your favorites, I believe. No. It's it, not. It's second to last on my list. It, Ozzy's singing a ballad just, for the most part, really just doesn't work. You know, his, his howling voice just really doesn't interpret well to a ballad. And this one just seems more forced than others, in my opinion, too. Um, it's kind of like, like we, we a good, no, 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 good, bad, or romance, that works. Uh, off of Blizzard, but this I, I felt like they, they had success with Goodbye to Romance, so they felt like they had to have another ballad on this you know, and we know another band that, that always felt like, well, we have to have a ballad on there too, so I, I just feel like this was just one of one of those instances where it was just kind of forced and they thought maybe they'd have a follow-up to, to Goodbye to Romance, and to me it just falls way short of the mark like, I mean, like we always skipped it as kids, and I I still skip it today. So, 
Wow, skip it. Yeah, so, right. yeah, I, I find it too forced as a ballad. I mean, it's great. It, Construction-wise, it's exquisitely sure. crafted. It's beautifully performed. The backing track is incredible. Uh, all, all of the players are, are pulling it. But it doesn't seem um, very honest. So it's mm. like a deliberate ploy to get some radio airplay. Um, and it's just a little bit too over the top to be believable as Ozzy. And you nailed it with uh, Goodbye to Romance. And there's another song on this album, which I think is kind of ballady that does a better job of it. Mark, you're the only one that put this one in bottom place on their ranking. Um, why did it fall at the bottom of your list? Uh, pretty much the same reasons that Lonnie and you said, too. I think... Ozzy and ballad equals no good, in my opinion. I've never really liked Ozzy's ballads. I mean, the only one that I've only that I thought was decent is Mama, I'm Coming Home, and that's years later that he mm. he did that one. But uh, I don't know. This like when I, I'm thinking about it from this perspective. When I was younger, when I first got this record, like when I got Blizzard of Oz, you know, Goodbye to Romance, I was kind of like, eh, I, I I didn't mind it, but. Even then, I was kind of like, really, Randy Rhodes? I mean, you got a, the one of the best guitar players, the biggest gunslingers out there now, and you're making him play this garbage? Like, come on. Like, when I heard this song, too, I was like, wow, like, what did Randy even do here? Like, he must have been nodding off. Like, and that, that's kind of the perspective of the young Mark coming up and playing guitar. It was all about the leads and the shredding and stuff like that, and wanting to hear a lot of the fire that Randy Rhodes brought to the songs. And with this song, it just seemed like a. I don't know, like an intermission. Almost seemed like one of those times where when I was listening to the record, I would get up and go get myself a drink or something and come back before SATO would start, right? Just, it just wasn't one of those things where it really connected with me. It's not a, in retrospect, years later, it's not a bad song. It's, you know, like you said, it's well recorded. It's performed well. The guitar solo is really good that Randy does on it, but it's just not what I think is the high point of this record. Yeah. Good analysis. All right, Ken, you, you ranked it the same as Lonnie and me. Yeah, I mean, it's seven of eight yeah, on my list. Um, and I, I kind of agree with you guys. Um, it's, I mean, again, it, it's a nice, catchy ballad, um, but um, there's nothing really, uh, you know, that, that stands out um, or, you know, separates it from other ballads or anything. It's kind of falls in line with some other maybe bands that are doing ballads at the same time. And there's nothing real unique about it that stands out. It's just kind of a straight ahead ballads, well constructed, like you said, Julian. Um, the best part I like about it is the, you know, the uh, you know, wailing kind of solo uh, that's going into the fade out. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's the, that's pretty much the best part of the song for me. Uh, otherwise, okay. I mean, uh, Ozzy comes across, you know, his voice as if singing a ballad is almost it's kind of a whiny, you know, <laughs> kind of voice for a ballad in a way. Um, not that it's bad. You know, like Mark said, the other uh, song later on, you know, it works. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just an OK song. It's not bad. It's just nothing, you know, that really sticks out as a unique thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not terrible. I'm not skipping over it. I was just looking at the uh, the wiki page for the album, and they've got Rolling Stone's mm. review of the album that says the songs are little more than riffs with a vocal line pasted on top, uh, and then uh, referred to Rhodes as a junior league 
Eddie Van Halen. Wow. <laughs> with chops, but somewhat short that on imagination. Well. <laughs> yeah, that does not age well. Edward Van Halen was certainly <laughs> fantastic, but uh, Randy Rhodes was incredible for all too short a period, and we never got to see him mature, and we'll never know where he would have gone. All right, let's move on into seventh place. On 11, I thought this song was going to end at the bottom because of my personal taste. 11 points, Little Dolls which I rank at the bottom because I find it cloyingly annoying. But the album's so short that I can't be bothered to skip over it. Ken, back to you on Little Dolls. Yeah, Little Dolls. Um, I had it uh, about mid-five mid on my list. Um, uh, I like it. I think uh, I like the drum in, in for, uh, intro on it. Um has a simple <laughs> riff, and lots of times simple riffs are, you know, the best way uh, to, to write a song. Um and uh, what I really like is the middle part uh, bridge. This is bridge around three minutes in. Uh, that is really cool. And uh, and a lot of that and what comes after that bridge is the best parts of the song. Uh, so the first half is pretty, you know, it's pretty good. It's good. But the second half is even much better. Um, nice, simple solo. Um, and, and cool, you know, guitar fills um, from Randy on that one. So, yeah, I, I like it. It's a decent song. Not a skipper for me. Lonnie, what about you? It, excuse me. Um, I like Little Dolls. I think I put it six out of eight. You know, it, it, it's it's a good song. I, I love, you know, the drum intro. Ken mentioned the drum intro, which is, which is really fun. And I just like, I like the way Ozzy sings the song. Like, it really has, like, the Ozzy howls in this song and he really sound he really has like his black sabbath um type of vocals going on this song more more so than others um that that's that's what i really it sounds very sabbathy to me when i listen to it it sounds like it, it could fit on most any sabbath record um especially by the way as he's singing it um and like can can mention the bridge too is, is really is really cool as well so i like it i it, i put it number six you know, and a lot of, and I can see why other people would put it, you know, lower. It, it some people might look at the song and and Sato, and we'll get to those that one as well as like maybe the two filler songs out of an eight song album. Even though they're they're really good songs, um, and we say this a lot of the times when we do um, rankings like this that you know I, I like Diary of Mammoth to start to finish. Unfortunately, some some songs just have to finish. You know, eighth and, and seventh out of out of the short list of songs available. But I, I like the song. I really do. I really like his, his the way he sings it. Nice, Mark. Yeah, um, this song, I it grew on me the more I listened to it. Um, I have it in sixth place too. One of the things I've always loved about this song is that drum intro. And one of the things that most people don't seem to realize is that that's a double tracked drum intro. He had to play that twice, and like to mimic it, to make that sound of it. It's not just you know some crazy slap back or something. It's him doubling it, you know. And that that ain't easy to do on on drums, you know. Guitar players are used to doing double tracking and vocals there as well, but drummers don't have to do that very often. 
Uh, it's, it sounds really cool. I remember when I was listening to it once at my sister's ex-boyfriend's house, he had this really gigantic sound system because he used to DJ and he used to play it. And when I would go by there and he'd check it out, he'd put it on the stereo system and it would just like, whoa, like when the drums would come in, it was just unbelievable in that song. And again, I have to agree. I think it was Lonnie who said that he had a, he likes to, she likes, he likes the way he sings it. And I, I think that that's, it's definitely in his strong voice characteristic this song like that whole everything is great like that whole thing at the top is really cool how he sings that and one of my favorite parts is that whole the pins and needles prick the skin that whole little breakdown part that he does there i've always liked that the way he does he harmonizes in that part and the chorus is pretty catchy you know it's not by far the best songs on this album far from it but it's still you know a really strong song i think and I, I've always I've always enjoyed it. I think it has some good Randy guitar playing in it, and it has a pretty thundering rhythm section. That whole dun dun that drum and bass thing that they do in unison together is pretty powerful. All right, Ken, you ranked this the highest of us. I already said. I already talked about it. Did you? Oh yeah, I yeah. started with you. I'm losing it. I need to get some sleep. All right, so in si- in sixth place, um, 14 points. Now we have clear separation. Uh, the, the next four songs are all completely middle of the road and, road and can be interchanged, really. Uh, you Can't Kill Rock and Roll, which I love. I've always liked this. It's a story. It's got sections. It's got valleys. It's got mountains. It's got everything. And it's also got really, really good playing and good singing by Ozzy as well. It really is a, a very, very fine song. Mark, back to you for that one. Yeah, this is actually one of the first songs that me and that friend that I mentioned earlier, uh, we actually sat down and learned because it has a really surprisingly easy kind of guitar playing part in there that Randy does. It's just basically one chord that he just goes up and down with. It's just that whole major chord here, but he plays that thing at the top there, right? He does that thing at the top. And he just slides it down from B to A to G. It's just the same chord all the time. There, that He just plays it and it goes back and forth back and forth, back and forth. And it's just really simple. Uh, but I, I really thought that it's because it's so simple, Ozzy singing was much better because he has so much space to sing over it. And of course, for me, the the end part of the song, the, many people have said that the fade out in this song is way too long, but I disagree. There's some of, some, some of Randy's most interesting guitar solo spots are in the end here with the wah and how he uses that kind of stuff some of the affecting on his guitar on there it's really cool I, I i've always thought that it's it tries to be an anthem you know like you can't kill rock and roll but it kind of falls in between an anthem and a ballad you know what i mean so it's almost like he's trying to compensate and, and try to you know please two audiences the ballad people and the anthemic rocking guys you know and and i think he kind of straddles it pretty decently in my opinion jekyll and hyde in a song yeah. both sides of ozzy yeah something that sabbath didn't quite do effectively to do hard stuff and softer more accessible stuff all in one song in some ways ken yeah i really like this song um i mean you think it's going to be a ballad yeah <laughs> at, the, at the beginning uh, when it starts and it's like okay oh another ballad but, but then it, then it kicks in uh, you know to the rocking and uh uh i do like the uh, uh more instrumentation on the second verse um 
uh, it's a good guitar solo uh, right there, but not overdone or anything um, in the middle. Uh, and I, like Mark was talking, uh, I was thinking the same thing. You know, it's, it's kind of anthemic, um, the chorus, you know, I think trying to, you know, rally the, the headbangers out there, that sort <laughs> yeah. of thing. You know, you can't kill rock and roll, you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, I also agree with Mark. I'm, I'm one of the people that think that it should have uh, been longer um, because I, I was in my notes. Uh, I said I wish the song continued longer uh, with the soloing. Because yeah. um, I thought, oh, man, there's some good stuff there. And I think they, they cut some out. So maybe a special edition will, or box set will come out one day and we'll, we'll get something like that. Um, because so, it sounds like there's a lot more uh, that they recorded probably oh, for yeah. that. Um, so yeah, that's a, this is just a, one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, I think I, when I put that as number two, so it's it's one I really like a lot. Yeah, if they ever get to the super deluxe for this, I wish that they just put out an instrumental disc of the album with no vocals so that people could hear all the tones of the music right. without any vocals on top. Um, just to really explore it. Uh, and Mark, I was just looking at the, the length of this album. 43 minutes. That's right in your wheelhouse, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Lottie. Um, I had this ranked the lowest out of mine. I guess, I don't, I don't know. I Maybe it's because I'm tired of, of, of the song because the radio station here in St. Louis just plays it to death still to this day. Really? Like, I mean, you hear it all the time. It's just like, I like the song. Don't wow. get me wrong. Um, it's a little. It's it starts off slow, like you're saying, and then it gets going. I I like it, but it I I I think I view it the way it, it, it's really strange. Like Mark Mark was surprised at the radio station here plays it all the time, but I'm I kind of put it in the category of like Kiss fans put I love it loud in. It's just like, all right, it's a good song, but God, do I need to hear it again? Yeah. Um. So for me, that that's just where it's at. And again, I it's it's not a bad song. Um, but it's just it's just run its course with me, you know. Just like just like we would say about rock and roll all night or something like that. It's not a bad song, but the song just run run its course with us. Like it doesn't it doesn't really resonate with me anymore. Um, so so that's where I'm at. It's a it's a good song. Um, from start to finish, it's a long song, and you know, like, but to Ken's point, you know, I'd, I'd like to hear where it goes after the fade out at the same time. So. For me, it it just it had the finish last for me. It's just in St. Louis, it's it's just burned out for me. Right. So uh, you're you're not a hater. You're just fatigued. Correct. Correct. What's it? Who was it said that uh, you know about the song starting to mellow and rocking that you know that doesn't really always go together, uh, be one or the other on the on the um, song. But I, I I think you know some other groups were doing stuff like that too. I think uh, even uh, didn't Triumph do like uh, you know like fight the good fight did, did that was that yeah, like that, that kind too? of well fight, in a, to a degree or lay it know. on the line is kind of like that too where it starts off kind of mellow and then it kicks in right lay it on it starts out really mellow yeah I look uh, whoever said that is wrong you can do <laughs> soft and hard together it it it, can, it works you know. I mean, it, it, whoever thinks that, that you can't do that just obviously doesn't listen to a lot of music, probably. But you know, that I think it I think it works perfectly well. Yeah. Good. 
I'm glad we're all agreed by that. And I, I, I actually think Lonnie should be happy. He actually gets to hear it on the radio. Yeah. We do have a good rock station in town. I, I, yeah, I, I actually yeah. have a rock station. We, do, we have a really good rock I'll I'll take I'll take hearing that repeatedly over hearing Born to Be Wild or Purple Haze any day of the week, um, yeah. or or Lick It Up for that matter. All right, moving on in fifth place on seventeen points, Believer. Bonnie, are you Believer? I, I can't believe this song is as low as it is. I I agree. I, I agree. love I love this song. I am a believer, but I I absolutely love this song. It, I I almost put it number one. Um, I put it number two. I almost put it number one. Mm. I absolutely love the song. I love the way the bass starts out on it. I love the way it just grows. I love the the lyrics are motivational. Um, it's you know it's kind of like a kiss song where the lyrics are motivational, gets you fired up a little bit. It's a good song to work out to. Um, the first time, might not have been the first time I saw Ozzy. Maybe it was one of the first times I saw Ozzy. He opened with this. And like my brother and I are like, holy shit, he's open with both. Like, as he as he's as bad as kids, like hardly ever switches up the set list. It's the songs that he plays, and these are the songs that we play. We may play them in a different order, but these are the songs we're gonna play. Um, but he, he opened it up with believer, and like we looked at each other and just started pushing each other, like, can you believe he's playing <laughs> unbelievable? Um so, so so for that reason too. I love it too, and like and Kim and, and like my brother and I are singing it at this show, and like and like a lot of the people around us like don't even know the song because you know it, it's not a you know it's not one of the major songs off the diary, you know people a lot of people at big shows like that especially these outdoor sheds you know they they know the hits and you know they're they're casual fans but we're like so excited he's playing this to open up the show with like what are we in for the night since it's back in the day when you know the set list just wasn't available online on the very first show like we had no idea what he was gonna play. So, for that reason, it it's, it resonates with me just because it's a it's a great memory with me and my brother, and I I just love the motivation the, the motivational aspect of that song. I, I run to the song quite a bit. It's always like on a good running playlist for me, um, and it, it, it and it's just it's 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 motivational. And I love the I love I love that bass intro too. Um, and, and going back to what he played it in concert, like Ozzy comes out and it's just this bass intro to start. It was really really a, a different you know type of vibe and a different way to start the show but but believer's great and i almost put it one so i'm disappointed in the rest of you that it's this thing yeah but again everything on the album i think is oh good. for sure yeah. and it and it is anthemic you know mm-hmm. the believe the aussie on a stallion saying destiny planned <laughs> out i don't need no handout you know it Great stuff, lyrically. And, and no, he didn't write it probably lyrically no. as much, no. but it Bob. does it it doesn't matter. He delivers. Um, you know, musically, vocally on on the song. Mark. Yeah, I, I'm with Lonnie on this one hundred percent. I don't know why this is so down on the list. It should be way higher up. This song I remember the first time I heard this song, I was like, what the fuck with that intro? And so distorted. I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. You know, it, it made like Gene Simmons bass sound tame in comparison how distorted this is, you know. And the, the thing that really caught me, which made me like, you know, I was one of those moments when I first heard it, like my friends were in the room and I was like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Like I was making them, I didn't want to hear them even say a word because when Randy started doing those, ding those little harmonics on top of it and all those little lines on top of it and i was just like 
just taken aback like that whole that riff that he does on top of it and everything just fantastic and the breakdown where he drops down a bit and plays kind of the, the, the clean part in the middle there fantastic the soloing this is so good the use of the the wah pedal in this is really good it made it was the song that made me go and buy a, a wah pedal at the local music store i was like that's it i'm getting a wah i love the way he does that sweep with a wow with it it sounds so awesome in that and the whole version of that on tribute where he does the thing with the toggle switch in the one section is just like wow this is so cool and the the live version i think is even better if you can believe it than the studio version of that and because they, you know, you got so much more of it at the end because they drag it out a bit, it fades out in the album. But just, it's so, like, it's it's so borderline prog on the guitar playing because it's so complicated. If you were to sit down and learn this song note for note, like I did, okay, it's not an easy song to learn. There are songs on this album that are, in retrospect, a piece of cake compared <clears> to this song. Because some of the the notation, some of the chord playing, some of the licks that are in there are not easy to get from part to part to part smoothly. And the solos that he does in there are are really, really well done. And they're not like the standard kind of pentatonic stuff. There's some, you know, diatonic stuff. There's some harmonic minor things. There's all kinds of stuff going on this. And I love this song. Ken? Yeah, it's it's probably my fault that it's so... <laughs> it, 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 it is your, it is your fault, I, uh, but I thought I'd let you admit it. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll admit it. Uh, I mean, I, I like. I think actually, I after I was listening to the album again today, I was like, oh, you know what? I would have put this song up higher, and then I would have put another one. You know, I was like, uh, yeah. whatever. But it's too late. Um, so I wasn't gonna screw up uh, Julian's uh, Excel spreadsheet. Eat. Um, Thank you. Uh, but anyway, I mean, again, all, all the songs in this are good. Um, Believer, uh, and I even say it's a good song, even though it's the bottom of the list. It's a good song. Um, I like the interesting, you know, the strange effects and the tones of uh, on this song, um, and and really, you know, totally like this, you know, the great solo, um, soloing from um, Randy is just, you know, does it anyway every time, but. Um, this one was especially good. Um, so, yeah, this, you know, it's it's not bad. It just fell low on my list. All right. It was, it was accidentally at the bottom. I understand. There you go. That's plausible. <laughs> accidentally. Accidentally <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> All right. Next up, in fourth place on 18 points. All right. I've heard it as called a Sato, S-A-T-O, or a Strange Voyage. Um, Lonnie. I call it SATO. Um, I like it. It's it's good. It, it's again. It's like Little Dolls. Ozzy Howling is is for me the most memorable part of it. It sounds more like a Sabbath song to me almost. Um, I like it. I think I have it pretty much in the middle of my list. I have it. I have it five. Just just ahead of Little Dolls. Um, I was kind of teetering back and forth between the two of them. Again, it. It's good. I, I like it. There's not like there's not a lot of like catchiness to it or anything like that. But it but it's a good song. Um, very well played by his band and and I I love Ozzy's just I just love the sound of Ozzy's um vocals on the song. Um, it's good. Um, probably probably considered filler 
by a lot of people on this album, but but again, with eight songs, there's not a lot of filler on this album. So I'm on Song Facts right now, and mm-hmm. it says okay. SATO stands for Sharon Arden and yeah. Thelma, Thelma Osborne. <laughs> so, and that's Still the lyrics. Kicked off. Some of the mm-hmm. lyrics were inspired by the 1261 letter written by a Buddhist monk. The letter is called A Ship to Cross the Sea of Suffering. Wow, Ozzy's pretty well read. Ken. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's what was going on. Um, so, yeah, this song is uh, it's a little lower, uh, low on my list, too, but I, I still like it a lot. I like it a lot. It's a you know, cool rocker. It has a great groove. Um uh, you know, it starts it starts slow again, but you know it kicks in right away. Uh, a lot of cool, cool, busy drums going on, and, and bass, and the bass is really cool on on this too. Um, one thing I noticed though, I was listening to it, the verses of it. I was like, I know that those verses sound like something like another song, and I thought, oh shoot, there's a there's a black I mean a Blackfoot song, Teenage Idol. Uh, I said, oh. Blackfoot must have stole from from Ozzy because uh, that song came after this song. But it sounds the same verses, just the same melody in those verses. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, the only the only thing I really don't like is at the end. I don't like the ending of it, and it, where it goes right into. I don't like the ending where it goes oh cuts God. and goes right into Diary of a Madman. I just don't like it. I think they should have been. Should have kept it separate. Oh, Just man. keep it separate. That's that's my opinion. I'm disappointed, Ken. I thought when you said that this sounded like <laughs> something I'd I'd heard, you were going to go into the Buddhist monk in the 1261 letter. Yeah. You know, instead, <laughs> instead, you went the other direction. Went Blackfoot. Oh, come on. Sorry. All right, Mark. <laughs> apart from Ken's segue issues, what do you think of SETO? Uh, I think this is one of these songs I really, again, grew on me a little bit later. I never really listened to the back part of the album when I was younger for a little while but now in retrospect listening to it I've missed out on many years of listening to this song in Diary which to me are probably one of my best one two sections of the album in my opinion uh, that introduction in here is just great that that little thing that he does on the guitar with there and then it just kicks into that simple part that Right, and all that stuff that he does in between. It's it's great. I think it's really simple, that whole thing. You know, it's just E, C, A, B, and then that the G, F sharp, and that's it. And it all is it. And it's really easy, but that's what makes it great again, is because Ozzy <laughs> has all that space to sing over to it. And, you know, I, I really love the pace of it. It's very upbeat. Like Ken said, the bass playing in this is fantastic. The drumming is very active. It's just, you can't help but kind of find yourself just bopping along to it and just jamming to it. It's really well done. Again, a great solo in this. And I love the ending feel. It's when it starts kicking into the ending, how that keyboard comes swelling back in underneath it. And it has those little chords coming in and the notes and the keyboard comes in. And it's just a simple... And then it goes right into that beautiful. 
I mean, I think it works so good. I, 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 I don't. I mean, sure, everybody has their own opinion, and there's no right and wrong. So don't, don't feel that, Ken. I mean, your opinion is your opinion. It's, you're absolutely you know? no. I, but, but you know, I, know. I, I really it's love okay. that segue. To me, it's just such a fantastic segue, and that whole part was one of my missions in the summertime to learn that whole introductory chord thing there, and that whole you know. Right, I mean that whole thing. I, I was spending summertime with my guitar, playing it, and going through it. And even that song. I mean, we'll get to that after. But that's not an easy song either. But that is a great example of something kind of easier on guitar with this SATO, and then you know, giving you something to jam out with as a young guitar player. It's something that's really simple. You can really rock out with. You can even improvise a bit, and it doesn't sound wrong, you know. But then. You go from that into something that's like a complete guitar masterpiece afterwards. But SATO is such a great song. I, I'm so glad that they put this on record and that you know uh, that I learned it. It was one of my favorite moments in my young guitar playing days to to learn this album and this song in particular. Yeah, fantastic song. Cool. You've summed it up. You've hit enough of the points that I would have made. I have nothing further to add to it after that other than a round of applause. All right, moving on. <laughs> the top three songs are really no surprise to anyone. I th maybe the order will be. Um, but in third place, we haven't really broken away from the rest of the pack. It's only on 20 points, so SATO only just falls behind Flying High Again. So, Mark, back to you for Flying High again, which, uh, who, who was it that said forwards and backwards? Uh, forwards and backwards? That wasn't, it wasn't me. But oh. uh, I, I do say, though, that this song, for example, um, is what, how Lonnie said that you can't kill rock and roll. That's his, like, I, my God, I, I don't want to hear this song ever again because they played so much in, you know, St. Louis there. I don't think I'd want to ever hear this song ever again because they played this song to death here on Toronto Rock Radio all the time. I don't think that there's been a day when I've turned on Q107 that I haven't heard Flying High again on the radio. And it's not it's a bad song. In fact, that's probably one of my favorite Randy Rose guitar solo bits, that two-handed tapping bit that at the, at the, in the end part of the guitar solo. That was one of the things that helped me learn my tapping skills was that song. And it's not an overly difficult song on guitar. Like the rhythm parts in it are pretty simple. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you're a 16 or 17 year old kid, you know, talking about, you know, getting high in marijuana is always kind of cool, man. You know, when you hear songs like that. So it, it was, it was big amongst my group of people and friends that we used to hang out with. And, uh, they played it a lot. This album got played a lot. And because it's so early in the album, you can't kind of escape it, right? It's, it's always going to be played within the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes when you're listening to the records, it's going to pop up. But because it's been played so much on radio here, that's why it's on my list. It never really went that high. I don't think I put it very low. I think, where did I put it? I put it at fifth, okay, which is not bad. But, you know, all things considered, I think most people, if you ask the general public, what song off this album they know. I think 90% of them, at least here in Toronto, would say Flying High again, you know, for sure. So uh, that's probably why it didn't rank higher on my list. But it's not a bad song. I think uh, Ozzy 
does some good singing in this. It's probably one of his more memorable vocals that he's done on a record. And again, Randy, I think that he, you know, he he held he holds back a bit in the verses and the choruses, but he lets it rip in the in the solo. And I always kind of try to think back if if this is one of those songs that he might have had hanging around back from his quiet riot days that he kind of showed Ozzy. I don't remember, but uh, there are, there are moments of his quiet riot days that pop up in some of the songs in both albums. So I'm trying to remember what what is what, but I'm I'm not too good on remembering his quiet riot days. I love those albums, by the way. I have to talk about them one of these days. Lonnie. Yeah. I like Flying High again. Uh, it's one of Ozzy's signature songs. I mean, you guys mentioned, I mean, Mark, you said that, well, if somebody's going to know one song off this album. It's going to be, it's going to be this one. And it is one of his more signature songs. It's one that he always does when he plays live. Um, it's great. I mean, I, I remember I saw him in the summer of 96 and Clinton was up for re-election, and the uh, merch booth had, had T-shirts that had, like, Ozzy smoking, had a T-shirt with Ozzy smoking a joint, and on it it said, I effing inhaled. I thought that was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> so, nice. It's an inside joke back to the 90s, but um, very, very classic Ozzy at the same time. So... Uh, I mean, he played. He, I mean, he's played it every time I've seen him live, and it, it, it's just classic Ozzy. I mean, I, I think I have it maybe four, just because of some of the other songs on the album. Just by default, it's four, but it, it is it's one of Ozzy's signature songs, and and, and it's a great song. Um, and I can see why it's the, why it's three on our panel. And you guys, I mean, I, I said it was four. Mark, you said you had, I think you had it fifth. So obviously, Ken and Julian, tell us why you guys had it so much higher than Mark and I. Yeah, I didn't. So, oh, never mind. Yeah, I had Maybe. I had it in fourth, but again, it's catchy. It's it's mm-hmm. it's impossible to dislike it as much as it's overplayed, because it is so fun, good time rock and roll, and it can be taken obviously in multiple ways. Whether you want to go at it from the inhaling perspective or just being a positive, I've been down, I'm back up, you know, perspective. You know, both of them are are good and it's a great vocal it just chugs along it's got the right tempo ken your take yeah you mean to tell me this song is not about flying in a jet airliner no it's not <laughs> oh okay I, I, all right oh something else anyway missed the, uh, missed the point <laughs> yeah um yeah it's it's like mark said you know it's a simple riff but again you know it's it makes a, a Simple riff makes it, you know, lots of times a great catchy song, and, and that's what it is. Um, uh, yeah, I remember it was big on the radio. I remember the first time hearing it, and I thought, man, this is awesome. But yeah, they, of course, they overplayed it because um, it was so good, and, and I heard it a thousand times. So, so but you know, uh, like Mark was talking too about, you know, the Randy solo was good. It's a nice uh, solo that, you know, it fits the song. It, it actually fits the song nicely, so it's it's very cool. Um, nothing much else to say about it though. It, it was number three on my list, um, so it was it was up there. Um, you know, I I, st- I started thinking about well, what what would I like if I first heard this album, and that would be one of definitely one of the ones that I would, you know, 
put up there if i heard it for the first time i was like wow this is you know awesome song so but yeah we get a little bit tired of it but it's still a great song that's why it's so high yep i get everyone i've lost track of myself again i think you did okay all right so now we're into the green zone the top two songs we have clear separation this next song got 27 points between the four of us so that's a substantial jump and that just shows how unanimous we are in our thoughts on these top two songs in second place the title track diary of a madman what needs i don't think anything needs to be said about that song it's just absolutely fantastic it wasn't my top pick it's number two for me it's number two for mark why mark well i mean the number one song is number one for a reason i'll get to it when we get to it but number two um it's it's again it's so good this this song had such a huge impact on me uh not only from you know the guitar playing perspective of of an electric guitar player but to see somebody like Randy pull out a classical guitar and play something like this, it really opened one's young eyes to say, you know what, maybe it would be cool to pull a classical guitar and learn how to play it a little bit better than I did at the time. And like I said, I, I sat down, hunkered down, learned it. And, you know, it, it really broadened my playing overall learning this song because even the playing in the verses that screaming at the window all those little chords that he does underneath they're not your standard a and g chord they're like these little add three add seven chords and all these little things that he does to it and the drum and bass section underneath that it's such an odd little syncopation underneath that they do to it i i think that it's really well written the middle section is very good with the choir and all that stuff that they do in there and the build up towards the solo and the solo is probably one of his really well written solos that whole solo in that solo section is just randy thank you it's it's so good man that that solo and it just proves that you don't need to go a thousand miles an hour to write a fantastic solo that'll be memorable for the next 50, 60 years of guitar playing. And Randy has left us that kind of a legacy with his playing. I mean, like I said, Jake is still my guy for Ozzy, but Randy has a special place in my heart for what he did for me as a young player growing up. Nice. Ken, I'm almost surprised that this is kind of middle of the pack for you. Yeah, Kevin's uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, well, wait a minute. I mean, it's four. All right. The so, song's on the album. It's on the <laughs> middle of the pack. Yeah, you know, it's on the top <laughs> half. But anyway, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I like it a lot. I, it's a great song. Um, it's it's an epic, I would call it an epic type song. Um, uh, and it's a cool song to end the album actually it's it's it kind of fits as a song that should end the album um and i agree with mark just like you said i i was thinking the same thing uh, uh as part of my notes uh about the the you know the middle you know in the middle of the riffing part that's going on and then mm-hmm. followed by that guitar solo um it's just awesome and then uh, and i like the, those vocals you said i don't know if it's a choir like you said or whatever, but it's you know the ah ah you know that part mm-hmm. that yeah. happens. It's it's just just a just a great 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 part of the song. Um, so yeah, it's very very good. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just very good. I like it a lot. It's one it's one of my favorites on the album. 
All right, Lonnie, it is your favorite on this album. It is. It mm -hmm. is absolutely epic to me from the way it begins and just crescendos to the end. It is absolute masterpiece in my opinion. Um, I'm kind of with Julian. Like I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's, <laughs> it's just, it's, it, it is a masterpiece. It is perfection from start to finish. Just the way it just it just builds and builds and builds and builds and just like the, the choir scene in the end it's just it's, it just to me it just defines ozzy um as an artist especially in that time with the with that song itself it just it's just so big at the end and i just love it it it, it reminds me of like guns and roses estranged how that starts off small and just builds and builds and builds. And it's a long song and is just epic by the time it ends. And you're like, by the time it ends, it's like, oh my gosh, what did I just listen to? Um, that's what it reminds me of. And, and you guys know my thoughts on that. So I, I absolutely love the song. And I, and I wish I would have been able to hear Anzi play it live because it is so good mm -hmm. from start to finish. Um, I it, it, it's one of it's one of my favorite Ozzy songs. Period. So um, it, to me, it wasn't it was a slam dunk choice for number one. Yep. Well, here we are. We are at number one, and I guess it's not really surprising that on thirty points, the winner. Well, they're, they're all winners. Every every song on this album gets a participation medal. Um, over the mountain which right from the beginning those drums kicking in the importance of your lead off tra of track are just illustrated perfectly by this song but i just get fixated on this when listening to it especially with headphones on like i listen to most of my music i'm like a like a cat chasing a laser pointer Ooh, look at that Ooh, hear that all these different sounds and textures uh, and randy's technique it's not buried under the vocal you can hear him doing his magic on this song but it's also so powerful and bombastic that you know it it really does set the tone for the album it, it's almost insurmountable to start off at that high a point lonnie back to you over the mountain i mean if diary is a perfect song for this album to end with over the mountain is a perfect song for this album to open with um with that drum intro and the riff and like okay here we go it's just it's just it's just like off we go um it, it's great. It's, a, it's absolutely under, very underrated. I mean, we all said it was the best song. On, we, we, the consensus month before it was, it was the number one song. But I think it's an under. It's still an underrated Ozzy song in my opinion. I, I, I think it should get more attention than what it does. Um, just for the, the simple fact of, of Randy's guitar playing, Ozzy singing the drums, everything about it is is really really good. Another good motivational song like Believer, um, which. I, you guys know I have a tendency to really like big motivational pumpy up type songs. So Over the Mountain is is absolutely is absolutely great too. And, um, even though I picked Diary number one, I'm not shocked at all. I would I, I would have been shocked if if Over the Mountain wasn't the consensus number one pick. Yeah, Mark. But 
on the last one, you got to talk about a lot of Randy's, you know, interesting chordings, I guess, uh, patterns and, you know, picking. On this one, for me anyway, it's about Randy as a rhythm player and the importance of a strong rhythm guitar, but also you get phasing, you get wah, you get a lot of the FX trick bag coming out. And when you watch him playing this, it's almost impossible not to just fixate on his playing. Uh, what's your take on Over the Mountain? I I really love this song. I mean, from the very first time I heard that song, like with that opening drum part, like you mentioned, that, that was just like, wow, what's going on here? And that whole courting i mean it, there's a lot of sinisterness going on in this like that da, 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 da. it's not like your sort of normal progression of chords in there and a lot of those little licks they does in between that da, da, those are like double tracks you'll like harmonize it and stuff like that and the, the rhythm in playing in this is really top notch just like you mentioned julian i mean try playing that song at that tempo though you know perfectly it's it's something that really works on your wrist that did it that whole right hand all that stuff is really challenging to, to play at that tempo and that clean cleanly and clearly and that the other part that's a real bastard to play is that that thing was he does like these double note chordings that he plays in the song right and it's just just a killer to play that stuff and the the and the part before the solo that do no no do no 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 it's almost like uh some kind of like demonic harmonic minor section in there that happens it's it's really cool the note selection that he has in there and the guitar solo that did those little arpeggios that he does and the breakdown section is like the selling point like this is it's like the spotlight on randy that those little licks he does in between the dead stops. And you can tell that's the introduction of it. Well, not the introduction, but there's a good example of him using the whammy bar in there. They just there and the dive bomb at the end. It's just, just incredible. And Randy has been known to use a lot of pedals and a lot of, you know, effects for his songs and for, you know, in the studio, they, they, they do a lot of stuff like that. For his uh, sound, and I mean, it, he he re recreates it live. I mean, it's probably going to be hard to see, but in this picture here, you can see his pedal board. It's massive. You know, he has like like nine pedals on that thing there, plus a wah pedal, plus a volume pedal. You know, he has all kinds of shit in there. But because he wants to recreate his his uh, sound live, you know. And the funny thing is, in the studio, when they were at Ridgeway, Oz used to call it the the chip fryer that pedal board because he said when Randy used to turn on the amp and he would turn the pedals on it was like so he used to call it the chip fryer right uh, but it's because you know back in those days the the technology for the patch cords and the buffering and all this stuff was not as good as it is nowadays nowadays you wouldn't have nowhere near as much noise for the pedals but back then those MXR pedals were death you know for noise so but one thing I have to say before I end my little rant is one person that we've overlooked in this that needs real high praise is Max Norman, the guy who did the production work on this and engineered it. Just amazing job on this album. Far better, in my opinion, than, than uh, Blizzard of Oz. I like this album much better. It's a bit fuller. Uh, mm -hmm. The guitar sound is better on this album than on Blizzard, in my opinion. 
and Max Norman, you know, this album really put him on the map. And, you know, he went on to do a lot of great albums, like with Megadeth and other bands. Uh, he did stuff for, uh, you know, lots of other bands that I can think of. Like, I think maybe in Lynch Mob, he did some stuff too with maybe. Uh, but Max Norman is a, is a name that needs to be attached to this album. No, it's good that you call call him out. What's your take? It's a musician who knows the importance of keyboards. We, we haven't talked about that element on this album mm. either. I mean, mm-hmm. what's your what's your thoughts on that part of the production? The, the, they're 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 vital. I mean, you know, most people when you think back to metal music, people kind of frown on keyboard like keyboards. You know, but a lot of the bands that we all like had introduction of keyboards in their music eventually look at iron maiden seven son of a seven son there's a lot of keyboards in there you know somewhere in time had the introduction of keyboards in there as well you know and but when you think back to songs like on blizzard of oz revelation mother earth there's piano and stuff like that in there and there's definitely keyboards in spiced into these songs as well i mean you know sato Tonight, Diary of Madman, all these songs have keys in it. You Can't Kill Rock and Roll have some padding stuff underneath. It's there because you want to make the song sound as sonically pleasing as possible and to fill in the spaces that maybe you can't do with some of the guitar, bass, and drums. And sometimes a really low synth pad might fill in the bottom end a lot better than what your bass can at the time. And by doing that, by putting in a lower synth line, for example, you freeze up the bass guitar to do something a little bit more melodic higher up on the neck. So he doesn't have to worry about the low end as much. So keyboards are important. Yeah. All right. Final word on Over the Mountain, Ken. Yeah, I love it. I mean, Mark pretty much said everything about it. Um, but, it, you know, I, I love the song. To me, it's, you know, that simple riff, but it's great. Uh the the cool drums during the chorus um and uh, the great solo break so it's number one on my list too um it's just a great song i don't get tired of it and that's maybe maybe one of the good things about it uh, i love hearing it every time it doesn't it doesn't get old um so it's it's a really really great song yeah, it was only last year that I finally bought the deluxe edition of this, which has the the live performance oh, at yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah really and it, it's just so easy to put that album on, leave it on repeat, and you just go around yeah. and around and around. Um, it doesn't get boring. It, it's a very vibrant album from start to finish. At the live album bonus, you know, I know it was out there, but you know, it's nice to have any of that stuff officially and sounding that quality because it is really good. But I do think this album, if there's any album in Ozzy's catalog that needs a super, super deluxe edition, you just wish that they could sort out some of that crap that's preventing something really good from coming out from the first two albums. And my preference would be for this one to go first, just because uh, I prefer it to the first album. Not that I think the first album's a lesser album than this. They're both Mm -hmm. fantastic. I just happen to like some of the subject matter of the songs and the balance throughout it. That is it. That is our ranking of Ozzy's Diary of a Madman. And just to give you a quick recap, 8th place tonight on 7 points, 7th Little Dolls on 11 points, 6th place You Can't Kill Rock and Roll on 14 Believer in fifth on 17, Sharon Arden, Thelma <laughs> Osborne in fourth place on 18 points. Flying High again is indeed flying high in third place on 20 points. 
Diary of a Madman in second on 27. What's that, Ken? Is that one it's of those Marvel edition. issues? That's cool. You're, mu you're muted, Ken. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's a, mm -hmm. uh, a newer edition that, that came. It's one of the Walmart ones. Um, nice. But it's it's remastered. It sounds great. This one really sounds good. I think it was originally uh, who you know redid it. Uh, I don't know. It was on Legacy, but um, yeah, it sounds really fantastic remastered, and uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool too. So that that doesn't hurt. All right, very cool. Let us know your thoughts on Diary of a Madman. Where does it fit in <clears throat> your um, appreciation of Ozzy's discography. What do you agree with with us? What did we miss? There's, there's a whole lot we didn't talk about with these songs. So chime in with your thoughts, your opinions. We appreciate you listening to us. Um, and we look forward to seeing you again sooner than we have. So for now, from Ken, Lonnie, Mark, and myself, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to us, like us, or even leave us a review. You can find us and join the conversation on Facebook. <laughs>